Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're looking at the 1964 Fisherville UFO landing. That's correct, the 1964 Fisherville, Virginia UFO landing. Now, this article comes to us from WHV.com. I have to say there's an excellent, oh, about 11-minute video uh, where they discuss this. Highly recommend you watch it. I will put a link on the Buy Me a Coffee website. Now, the title of this uh, report says the story of the alleged 1964 Fisherville UFO landing and the chaos that ensued goes and that says this is by Jacob Fife dated Augusta County Virginia it says it's December 21st 1964 and things are quiet in the Shenandoah Valley gunsmith horse man is heading toward Fisherville from Staunton Staunton on Route 250 when his vehicle starts to mess up. What he's about to see will change the valley for the next six months. It says the story of Burns' encounter was published in several newspapers from the valley all the way to Richmond, but this version comes from the Flying Saucer Investigating Committee of Akron, Ohio. The article states that Burns was near the Woodrow Wilson Center when he saw a metallic object coming from the north, and then it passed ahead of him. Burns said the engine in his car stopped. He claimed his car came to an unnaturally quick stop, and he watched the craft land gently in a field about 100 yards back from the road. Now, this is something we hear quite often with these close-up encounters of UFOs where the car just shuts down, some, some sort of electrical pulse or whatever it is. Of course, this is 1964. We don't think of cars back then having all the electrical gadgets that they do today, but whatever it was, it not only shut his car down, but it came to an unnaturally quick stop, he says. The article says Burns got out of the vehicle and watched the craft, which he described as an upside-down spinning-top toy. And it was about 125 feet wide and 90 feet high. So just imagine this thing. It's well over a third the size of a football field in width. And, you know, nine stories tall, ten stories tall. This, this thing is enormous. Burns claimed to see a bluish glow from under the craft, but he couldn't see any doors, windows, landing gear, or people inside. Now, in the video, they describe this as kind of a beehive shape. And I'm also I'm also interested in the fact that he says there's this bluish glow coming out from under. That's something that we hear a lot with these UFO sightings, is, is this intense, uh, very almost translucent blue color associated with these things. It's producing this... Uh, you know, the, the actual craft itself is producing this collar. It's really, uh, it's really odd. It says, after about 60 to 90 seconds, the craft made a whooshing sound and flew straight up, according to Burns. Burns told his wife and decided to keep his sighting quiet until I saw a report by WSVA a few days later about a UFO club at Eastern Mennonite College. He decided to share his story. Jim Ship of WSVA interviewed Burns about his sighting and a professor at EMU who was in the UFO club, went to the landing site with a Geiger counter. He reportedly picked up readings of over 60,000 counts per minute, and the sighting was reported to Project Blue Book at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Now, in the video, they also talked about this thing leaving impressions on the ground, which they said that the Project Blue Book didn't mention in their report. How convenient. Agents from the top-secret program Project Blue Book were dispatched to investigate, including Sergeant David Moody, who was one of Blue Book's top investigators. After their arrival at the airport, word spread that military investigators were in town investigating the reported landing. It says, A reporter asked Moody what he thought about the sighting, and Moody told the reporter, This is an unusual sighting. If it was routine, we wouldn't be here. 
Burton's sighting was on December 21, 1964, but Blue Book didn't arrive until mid-January of 1965. During those few weeks between the events, more sightings took place between Harrisburg and Staunton, including a 10-year-old boy who claimed to see a metallic ship in the sky over Waynesboro near, Burns, near where Burns' sighting happened. There was an excitement in the air when the sightings first started because this was something new to the area. People must have felt like they were in some science fiction movie. The excitement didn't last long, though. An article dated February 1, 1965 from the Journal Herald newspaper in Dayton, Ohio says, Almost daily, Virginians are reporting UFO sightings, and some claim to see Martians running around at night. A quote from Augusta County Sheriff John Kent put it simply, This thing has gotten completely out of hand. Now, the reporter talks about people became so upset, then the sightings became so frequent, it was almost like mass hysteria. Uh, certain individuals had formed militias, they're walking around at night with, with uh, shotguns and rifles, uh, looking to take out a Martian that might happen to show up. Things really got weird. It says sightings were getting closer, and people, especially around Staunton, were concerned that local law enforcement was not enough to keep them and their families safe. Different newspapers from Augusta County and even Richmond referenced armed groups patrolling the roads looking for UFOs, and the Journal Herald even mentioned an encounter where a man dressed up as an alien for a joke and was almost shot by three people one night. Well, this is something that's probably not a good idea in the middle of all this hysteria to go out there walking around the roads at night dressed as an alien, uh, no more than it's a good idea to dress up like a Bigfoot uh, in the vicinity of people who are armed. While all of these sightings were going on, Blue Book was trying to keep a low profile as they investigated the sightings, but they were finding that to, finding that to be an almost impossible task. Reporters seemed to know where they were going to be at all times, and Moody was interviewed several times by different reporters. Every time he was interviewed, he assured everyone that there was nothing to fear, but that there was something strange going on. This was a strange coming from Moody, who had a track record of immediately dismissing sightings and people. Something was different about this. Yes, and the reporter points this out, that Moody had a history of just dismissing UFO counts, you know, right off the bat. But here he is down here, and he seems to be really interested in the saying, and it seems like, it seems like whatever evidence that he found uh, was so clear to him that he just couldn't deny it. It says Project Blue Book was formed in 1952 following Project Sign and Project Grudge. The purpose of Blue Book was to investigate and explain reported sightings of UFOs and provide scientific explanations to the general public. Blue Book was created by the United States Air Force and operated out of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. Well, you know, a lot of people thought that thing can still think that Blue Book was really just formed to uh, collect the information for the Air Force while they completely uh, debunked every single case in order to keep a wraps on everything. Between 1952 and 1969, Blue Book would investigate over 12,000 UFO sightings and 701 of them would be listed as unexplained. According to the official report by the Air Force, Blue Book investigated cases that were possibly threats to national security, and the Fisherville case was one of those. Sergeant David Moody had been with their program for about four years when he was sent to Fisherville, along with a few other agents. While Blue Book conducted all their investigations, they tried to stay out of the public eye, but didn't shy away from the press when a confrontation was inevitable. The Fisherville case was interesting because Moody spoke to reporters several times, especially at the beginning of their investigations. As Moody and his agents continued to investigate, he began giving fewer and fewer interviews and began writing back to his bosses about the case. So it sounds like he was becoming more and more concerned about what he was finding. 
of course, especially if this mass hysteria was, was underfoot. Moody had questioned Burns several times about his sighting, but his story never changed, and Moody determined he was being credible. Even the director of Blue Book, Major Hector Quint Quintanilla, called Burns to see if he could trip him up. But in a letter, he said no details had changed, and he did not sense any hoax or trick being played. Major Quintella, Quintanilla was the last director of Blue Book, and has received a reputation from UFO researchers of not taking investigations seriously, or that the or that the Air Force was trying to bring Blue Book back to its dismissive roots, instead of actually investigating. Whichever the case, no one had an explanation for what was happening in the valley. And then it goes on and says, while Blue Book investigators are scrambling to find answers, sightings keep happening. Regional radio stations have had reports almost daily about new sightings, military movements, and interviews with witnesses. So you see, a lot of these people probably really did feel like they were under some kind of an alien invasion. Then, in an interview, Professor Ernest Gaiman from Eastern Mennonite College, who took the Geiger County readings, told a reporter with the Roanoke World News, quote, I can't help feeling there is a prophetic significance to these sightings. It could possibly foretell the second coming of Christ. Word spread from the church to church, and others began foretelling the apocalypse and that Jesus was coming to Augusta County, and they referenced scriptures from the New Testament to back up their claims. Well, you can only imagine that, that was pouring uh, fuel on the fire. It says, as this was happening, a family of six witnessed a cigar-shaped aircraft near Staunton High School for several minutes, and a woman near Harrisburg reported a bright object in the sky that she said was following her. As panic spread, more and more sightings were reported north of Augusta County, and people must have felt like an invasion was happening. In a newspaper clipping from February 1965, it was suggested that the state police or National Guard be called in to calm the people and protect them from the invaders from outer space. Moody called for more agents. He sent from right. He Moody called for more agents be sent, be sent from Wright Patterson to help and investigate the new sightings, but then something odd happened. Quantilla wrote to Moody about an incident in Ohio between an unidentified flying ship and an Air Force fighter plane, and that Moody was to bring all agents back to Wright-Patterson. There were no records or incidents found about this, but it had to be a pretty important event as the Blue Book agents began to leave. People demanded a full explanation. So here these guys are from Blue Book, down from Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. They're uh, investigating this UFO swarm, which is what it is. It's been happening over several weeks. All kinds of reports coming in. People are really upset about it. And in the middle of that, even though uh, these agents are acting like, yeah, this is a serious, credible uh, series of reports, they're called back to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. We know this because of this letter, because there's been a some sort of an encounter or conflict between a UFO and an Air Force fighter plane. It says all it says all the Air Force had to say was that there was nothing to be alarmed about and they couldn't find any evidence of UFOs anywhere. So they're trying to defuse the situation, obviously. People were outraged because they felt like the military called everyone liars and now they were running back to base. Blue Book was only in the valley for just over a month but it was enough to leave a lasting impression. Now we know from the video report that the sightings continued on for several weeks after that. It says, after the agents left, people continued to report sightings, but as spring arrived, fewer and fewer sightings were reported. 
Project Blue Book would quietly release a report about the Fisherville case saying that they found no evidence of a UFO landing and that they recommended Horace Burns take a psychiatric test, but there is no mentioning of that ever happening. Nowhere do they say he was wrong or that the event was hoaxed. The case was quietly swept under the rug and they began working on other cases. Well, that's what they do when they can't... uh, when they can't come up with an answer. People in the valley began losing interest in UFOs, in stories about UFOs, and no longer did religious figures talk about the apocalypse coming to the area. After reading countless reports, letters, and newspaper articles, it seems like people just got tired of talking about it. You can imagine they'd be exhausted after being on a state of alert for a couple months or, or longer. According to Project Blue Book, between December 1964 through May of 1965, there were almost 50 reported UFO sightings in Shenandoah Valley, and, and Blue Book kept a few agents in the valley until the summer of 1965. The incident was never investigated again or even brought up by any of the investigators or even by the UFO community. It's almost like people forgot about the Fisherville Landing and UFO scare altogether. And then it says 1965 would be a big year for the UFO sightings and UFO lore, and I think we can say that it all started in the Shenandoah Valley on a cold winter's evening. Well, overall, I have to say that was an excellent article, and I and I really thought that the report that this young reporter did was also excellent work. I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, you can find the link at Buy Me a Coffee website. That's it. UFO warning over and out.